All right, good morning everybody. Hopefully everybody is good and full. Good to see you this morning. Feel that cool breeze this morning. Awesome. Good stuff. Good to see you everybody. Well, uh, I want to uh, just start with a quick review in case you uh, weren't with us last week or if you were, it's always nice to kind of venture back and understand where we're at. We started back in our faith series and I just want to remind you of this. Faith is defined as complete trust and confidence in somebody. Raise your hand if you've heard that since you've been out here. Complete that word. Complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Anyone who want to shout out the name that we would put our faith in this morning? Jesus. All right. Amen. So that is our someone or something. Complete trust in Him. Last week, we looked at a man by the name of Jacob, also known as Israel, that the nation of Israel was uh, started after, blessing his grandchildren, promising them. By the way, remember this, off of a promise. He promised them off of a promise from God, something he would never see with his eyes, but yet facing death, confident, just in the Word of God, so much so that Charlie, he blessed his grandchildren and said, it will be because God said. I asked last week, do you, do I, have that kind of confidence that based on the hope and the assurance that he's given us, even if it's something we don't think we'll see in our lifetime, will we have that kind of confidence that in our death's door moment that we could say, to our children and grandchildren, it will be because God has said that is complete trust and confidence in a good father. I pray that we have that same kind of faith as well. And so he took God at his word and what he took him at his word on, that they were in captivity in Egypt. They were living under Egyptian rule, the most powerful nation at the time. And Jacob tells his grandchildren, it has been promised to us that one day we will inherit the land of our forefathers. We will be delivered. An exodus moment, if you will. He's as if peering into the future as if it's already happened and saying, because God has said, we will be delivered. That is a beautiful hope and confidence that he had in God's word alone. So this week, we pick up with the next verse in Hebrews. If you've been with us, we take the New Testament verse in Hebrews, and then we go back to the Old Testament, to the story it's referring to. And so this week, we are going to look at Jacob's son, one of his sons, named Joseph. Okay, so Jacob, Israel's son, named Joseph. He was present in this blessing last week. It was his children that were being blessed, so Jacob's grandchildren. And we're going to look at the verse in Hebrews, and then we'll look again in Genesis. So if you have your Bible, you've got your app open, whatever it is, uh, or if not, just sit back. I'll be glad to read it for you. Hebrews 11.22. We're going to look and talk about Joseph's faith. Again, complete trust and confidence in God. Here's what God's Word says. Hebrews 11.22, and then we'll pray together. By faith. There's that word again, complete trust and confidence. By faith, Joseph at the end of his life made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave direction concerning his bones. Now that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Concerning his bones, but stick with me. If you have to leave, uh, I pray that you'll uh, research that and look in Genesis, but we'll look at it together here in just a second. By faith, Joseph at the end of his life made mention 
of the exodus of the Israelites and gave direction concerning his bones. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Even if someone is unfamiliar with this story, it is my prayer already that we will begin to have the faith like the man named Joseph in our story today. Uh, A moment that none of us like to think about. He was at the end of his life, and he was pondering, I'm sure, the, the whole story of his life and thinking back and memories and all of these things, yet looking forward with a beautiful hope and anticipation based solely off the word of you, God. May we do the same. We've been offered hope. We've been offered assurance. Some of it will not be until our faith becomes sight and we see you. We'll have to trust. We'll have to have faith, complete trust and confidence in you and your word. And so help us with that this morning, Father. We are weak and we need you. I I don't know if anybody else feels that. Oftentimes in the area of faith, I am weak and I need you just to remind me, to give me that hope and assurance so that I can put complete trust and confidence in you. And so, Father, help us with that this morning. Give us the faith of Joseph as we see this more and more uh, than we see this morning. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so it seems kind of odd that a man would get to the end of his life and he said, now I've got a a situation coming up. I want to talk to you about my bones. All right? Not really a a topic of conversation. I've already picked on Charlie once. I'll pick on him. If Charlie came up to me this morning and says, "Uh, Keith, uh, by the way, roll tide. Your team looked good yesterday. Uh, But I got a situation. I want to talk to you about my bones. That's going to be kind of weird, right? Charlie, you having arthritis this morning? What's the situation here? What's going on? That's not a, a topic of conversation, but yet Joseph is at the end of his life and he, he gathers around the people and he said, now I got one thing I need to ask you. I want to talk to you about my bones, my, my remains that are, are going to be left. I've got a situation going on that I want to talk to you about. But before we get there, I want to take you to one place and I want you to think about this because we've got something very much in common with a man named Joseph this morning. Now one thing we don't have in common is Joseph was second in command to all the nation of Egypt, right? I mean, he had made his way up. Really, only Pharaoh is is someone who had more power at this point than Joseph. And his story is one of amazing faith. If you go back and read the Old Testament story of Joseph and just the, the way he was sold into slavery and how he was imprisoned wrongly and raises up. And the whole time he's saying, listen, what you all meant for evil, God meant for good. I mean, what a way to live, right? We could use that example of Joseph. But here's one thing we do have in common with Joseph. There is a moment, and listen, this isn't comfortable, but I want everybody to look this way for me real quick. I know I got your attention. Just like Joseph, we have an appointment with death. Not fun to talk about, is it? Even with faith, even with hope, even with blessed assurance, even with amazing grace, even knowing our soul is secure, if you know Him, it's not fun to talk about. Nobody wants to think about the moment that, as Miss Mitzi, she's not here this morning, I'd say, Miss Mitzi, good to see you. And you know what she always says? Better, better to be seen than viewed. Anybody ever heard that one? There will be a day when somebody comes and looks at my ugly corpse sitting in a, in a box, right? I hope that's a long time from now. But rest assured, I'm with him. I'm okay at that point, right? Still don't like to think about it, though. There's that human response of just a, a fearful uh, a moment of the unknown. Even some of the most godly saints I know have been in that moment, and they just 
they have that moment of like, is it really real, right? Like, I mean, that's a scary thing to think about. And that's what Joseph is dealing with. He's got family members. He's got the, the people of God around him. And he says, I'm at the end of my life. He knew death was there. I know it. Can I tell you this morning, you are not promised tomorrow. Now, Joseph is in a spot where he is making physical preparation. Some of us have done that. Some of us have wheels. Some of us have uh, desires, maybe, that we've told family of a certain way you want to be buried or a place or uh, whatever around that. And that's fine. Physical preparations are great. But can I tell you what had already been settled in Joseph's mind? And that was the spiritual preparation. He was already ready. That's why he was able to be in a moment like this at the end of his life and say, I hope and I trust in God just based on his word alone. I believe the exodus will come. In fact, Joseph is saying, I want one more ride with you. I'm going to be dead and gone when it happens, but I don't want you to leave me here. See, I want you to take my bones with you. Right? He's got faith and trust and confidence in a holy God, but that moment awaits for us as well, spiritually, are you ready? I was thinking about, uh, I'm reading right now personally in the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's a, some of the wisdom literature that's in Scripture, and there's a word that is mentioned in the Hebrew, it's called uh, hevel, and it's mentioned 38 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. Can I tell you what that means? It means meaningless. In fact, it's been even translated in English as a vapor or smoke. And I want you to picture this. Like, I love to be in the woods. I love to hunt. I love to be outside. I love all of those things. There are very few things better in this life than sitting in a, a spot that you were hunting in a tree stand, in a blind or whatever, just walking in the woods and it being a crisp, cool morning. Anybody ever been outside when it's like that? And you breathe and what do you see? It looks like you're smoking a big old cigar, right? That's good too sometimes, but nonetheless, blowing this mist out, right? This vapor. I want you to picture your life as that vapor because that's what James tells us. That life is but a vapor and that it is here for just a short season. So I want you to picture what Ecclesiastes is talking about in this word and this vanity of vanities that they say all the time. But 38 times he mentioned that life is like a vapor. So I want you to picture breathing that out and then trying to grab it and pull it back in. It's not going to happen, right? That's our life, just a brief in the eternity of time, in the cosmos, in everything that God has created, your existence, should you live 120 years, is still like that. You're only given a short time, right? We know people that we love and that we miss that are gone too soon. We never know when that moment is. And if you know me, I'm not a scare tactic teacher. I'm not one that tries to scare you into a relationship with God. But how good of a teacher of the Word of God would I be if I didn't remind you that that day is coming for you and for me? Are you ready? That's all I say about that. I pray that you put your hope, your trust, your full faith and confidence in Jesus Christ alone. Because if anything else... It will not stand with a relationship with God in heaven or the new earth or any of these things that he talks about where he says, I am making all things new. You will miss out on that if you're counting on anything but 
the grace and mercy of Jesus. You cannot stand on your own. Don't care how much good you've done in your life. You could avoid every quote-unquote bad thing and have done all the good things that you can do. Without Jesus, it is meaningless. You have to put your trust and confidence in Him alone. Amen? Anybody with me on that? I pray that you do that today. All right, so I want us to look at this account. So what is Joseph talking about his bones? Why would he even say this? Or why would the the writer of Hebrews say, I want to tell you about the faith of Joseph when he was talking at the end of his life. Don't forget to carry my bones out of here. Let's look at this account in Genesis. So Genesis chapter 50, starting at verse 24, says this. Joseph said to his brothers, listen to this, just, I mean, the the confidence that's got to come with this. Here's what he says. I am about to die. What are you thinking about in that moment? I mean, really, some of us will not be granted that moment. Some of us may die in an accident. Some of us may die in a a moment's notice. But if you are lucky enough to be in that spot where maybe you're laying in a hospital bed or laying at your home and you know it's coming, I am about to die. Can you imagine the flood of emotion? Can you imagine the the fears? Can you imagine the the hope? Can you imagine all of the things you're feeling? But listen to what he says. In his last moments, he takes the opportunity to share his faith and complete trust and confidence in God and that others should have that same faith. Here's what he says. I am about to die, but God will visit you. Remember, he's talking in Egypt to people who are under Egyptian control. He's talking to the brothers of Israel, the nation of Israel. And he's saying, I'm about to die, but mark this down. Based off a promise that I know, even from my dad. Remember when he blessed my children, his grandchildren, and said, God will deliver you? I stand on that too. I won't see it, but God will visit you. God will visit you. Here's what he says. And he will bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore. He's talking about the promised land here. To Abraham, Isaac, and his dad, Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you. There it is again. Complete trust and confidence. And you shall carry up my bones from here. So let me break it down in simple Macaulay English, that's where I'm from, Macaulay, Alabama, if you can't hear this little accent I've got going on, right? But here's what he says, we're under Egyptian control, we're in Egypt, I'm about to die, but the day is coming that he will visit us, he will deliver us, he will send us back, and by the way, I'll be dead and gone, but I want to ride with you, I don't want to stay here, I want you to take me to that promised land, everybody with me? That's as complete trust and confidence as you can get. He says it, God will visit you. And then he says again, God will surely visit you and you will carry my bones from here. In faith, Joseph believed like his father Jacob did. Again, something he knew he would never see. He's telling him, take my bones. I know I won't physically be here to see it, but I want to ride with you. I want to go. I know he's going to come and I want to be delivered with you. I want even just my bones. I'll already be with him in heaven. I will already have seen his face. But don't you leave my bones here in Egypt. Take them with me to that promised land. I want to go there. Even if it's just my bones. 
He believed and he hoped in a promise of God. Now I pointed this out last week and I even kind of said it today. Do you know that this glorious book is full of future hope and promise for me and you? Do you have the same faith? Do you have the faith that he said it so surely it will happen? That is where Joseph found himself. He says, listen, I don't have to see it. I don't have to have the proof. He said it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen and I want to ride with you out of here. A couple of things. This is just the way my mind works sometimes. I just I found it interesting that Joseph didn't even say, I want you to take my body out of here. I don't know that he had insight on how long this would be, but he says, my bones. Do you think he maybe thought, there's going to be nothing left of me by bones when this happened. Can I tell you the rest of the story? You know how long it was? Nearly 200 years. 200 years that the people waited on this deliverance from there to the promised land. He says, it's going to happen. Take what's left of me, and I want to go with you. I don't know that. That's just my thoughts on that. But he has faith as if it had already happened. Can you do this for me? Everybody look this way. Will you take the promises of God and live in such a way? By the way, in this economy, in this world, living like Jesus has called us to will cost you something. If it ain't, I hate to say this, we may not be living it exactly right. It will cost you something. Because this world teaches you, look out for you at all costs, even if it means stepping over other people. And this way of life that He's called us to means bowing the knee and humbling yourself and washing some feet along the way. It'll cost you. But I promise you it pays out in the long run because I believe in the faith, the hope, the promise, the assurance that He's given us that He's keeping score. Doesn't matter what men or women say about you, he's got the last word. That's good news. That's faith and hope and confidence in him as if it's already happened. I pray to live with that kind of faith. I hope you are praying that as well. So I ask the question, how about you? Will you count on what he's promised? Or We got any Fleetwood Mac fans out here? Anybody remember that group? Are you going to go your own way? I'm not going to sing it for you, but now it's stuck in your head today. You going his way or you going yours? By the way, can I, can I ask something? I, I hope you know me. I'm asking this out of love. I'm not trying to be mean. How's your way been going for you? If you've been trying it, how's it going? Where's it led you? I'm not talking about your physical location. I'm not talking about your status in life. I'm just saying, how's it feel leading your own life? Do you not think the creator of the world could probably lead your life for you better than you can to follow his way and not your own? I can tell you this from experience. I've tried it both. His way is best. And by the way, that's not just one time. I've tried it a million times my way. And you know where I always come back? Jesus, will you help me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I tried to do it my own way. I'm like the prodigal son. The only thing about the prodigal son is we only got one story of him. I feel like I've been the prodigal a hundred times in my life. No, that's not true. Probably a thousand times. Jesus, will you take me back? Here's all I can tell you. He always comes running over that hill. Here's my son. He was lost, but now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. I pray that you have that same experience if you've yet to run back. 
So how about you? His way or your way? Anybody remember the old man on the radio, Paul Harvey? Remember that? What did he always say? And now, the rest of the story. Let me tell you what happened to Joseph and those bones. Exodus 13, 19, 200 some years later. Moses. Remember Moses leading the Exodus? God called him. Go to Pharaoh, let my people go, and all the things that happened. Exodus 13, 19. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. Why? It says, Joseph made the sons of Israel solemnly swear. Joseph got his ride. So that means, I, I think, when the exodus happens and you get the whole parting of the Red Sea, Joseph got to go along for the ride. Now, did he feel that? No, it was just his bones. But I got to think old Joe up in heaven maybe kind of gave a little wink and said, there's my ride. You know what I'm saying? And I got a, I got a silly theory about God, but listen. We live in such a world, do you know that, I mean, just for example, I just say somebody could have done this yesterday, that a guy was sitting in his recliner and Jalen Milrow for Alabama takes off for 70-something yards. You know you can hit rewind and watch that thing on a TV. You can rewind it in live time and watch it. I just pray to God that he's got that kind of technology when I'm up there because I want to see that Red Sea moment. I want to see Joseph get that ride. Maybe not. Maybe I won't care about it at that time, but I've always said that. I just praise God's got this wicked DVR system that we're going to get to see some of this stuff. David and Goliath crossing the Jordan, the walls of Jericho, all of these stories. Hey, I don't know if it's going to work that way, but I can tell you this. I just hope old Joseph got to have a little peek. and say, man, there's my bones (laughs) going out to the promised land. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. If you remember the story of the Exodus, and I'll I'll be brief and I'll close with this, but the story of the Exodus, uh, Moses and and some of the others don't get to go to that promised land. Remember they had to wander in the wilderness. And I guess old Joseph got to wander with them too. And then you, you have that moment happening there and there's this young man by the name of Joshua that is told to be strong and courageous, told that multiple times. By the way, still good advice for us to navigate this world, be strong and courageous. And Joseph takes over and he's going to lead the people into the promised land. Listen to what Joshua says. Joshua 24, 32. Here it is again. As for the bones of Joseph, which the people of Israel brought up from Egypt, they buried him at Shechem. Went on his last ride. He got to go to the promised land and was buried there. The moral of the story is this. There was a man named Joseph at the end of his life and he knew there was something that was going to happen he never would see, but he took God at His word as if it had already happened. Anybody want faith like that? God, what you've said, I believe, and I'm going to live in such a way as if... It's real and has already happened. As if it's already happened, I'm going to live in that kind of way. Jacob last week and Joseph this week trusted completely in God's promises. I've got a question in closing. What about you? And may we have their same kind of faith. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for my beautiful friends. I love each and every person out here And pray that, uh, Jesus, start with me. I need this kind of faith. 
I pray that I would live in such a way that uh, as if I, I have just complete trust and confidence in you at all times and as if the things that you've promised for me have already happened, that I believe it so firmly and so resolutely that I could say, it's already happened. He said it. It's already happened. It's as good as done. May we have that kind of faith. To start there, though, Father, I pray this. If one of my beautiful friends out here has not yet met you for the first time, I pray that they bow the knee, that they quit trying it their own way, that they come to you and say, enough of my way, I want your way. On my heart and my life, you to be Lord of my life and not me. They would bow the knee to that. And once that's happened, may we have the faith of Jacob and Joseph and then some, as if it's already happened. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we love you. And Jesus, we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.